0: Hello, and welcome again to another Conservative Historian podcast. This one entitled Memorial Day. The day is May 2023, and my name is Bell Avis. Sacrifice, an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. Quote, But in a larger sense, have thus so far nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us that from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. Abraham Lincoln from the Gettysburg Address. And we do not know one promise these men made. One pledge they gave, one word they spoke, but we do know they summed up and perfected by one supreme act the highest virtues of men and citizens. For love of country, they accepted death and thus resolved all doubts and made immortal their patriotism and their virtue. James A. Garfield, May 30th, 1868, Arlington, national cemetery. The Athenian leader Pericles offered a tribute to the fallen heroes of the Peloponnesian War over 24 centuries ago that could be applied today to the 1.1 million Americans who have died in the nation's wars. Not only are they commemorated by columns and inscriptions, but there dwells also an unwritten memorial of them, graven not on stone, but in the hearts of men. For thousands of years, memorials have been erected to honor great military victories and leaders. However, for much of history, ordinary soldiers were largely ignored. The Arc de Triomphe honors those who fought and died for France in the French Revolutionary and Napoleonic Wars, with the names of all French victories and losses and generals inscribed on its inner and outer surfaces and beneath its vault lies the tomb of the unknown soldier from World War I. The type of memorials, well they changed during the 19th century when democratic ideals combined with changing attitudes towards death, resulted in growing recognition of the contribution and sacrifice of service members in war. However, it would take the catastrophic losses suffered during the First World War before these individuals would take center stage in commemorations. In Britain, this process would be shaped by the vast numbers of men whose bodies either could not be found or identified, and the decision not to bring bodies home, but rather to bury them in remarkable cemeteries near where they had fallen the first national observance of Memorial Day in the United States occurred on that date that I had already mentioned, May thirtieth, 1868, then known as Decoration Day. The holiday was proclaimed by Commander-in-Chief John A. Logan of the Grand Army of the Republic to honor the Union soldiers who died in the Civil War. This national observance was preceded by many local ones between the end of the Civil War and Logan's Decoration. During that first national commemoration, former Union general and sitting Ohio congressman and future president for four months, James A. Garfield made a speech at Arlington National Cemetery, after which 5,000 participants helped decorate the graves of more than 20,000 Union and Confederate soldiers buried there. This national event galvanized efforts to honor and remember fallen soldiers that began with local observances at burial grounds in several towns throughout the United States following the end of the Civil War. In 1873, New York was the first state to designate Memorial Day as a legal holiday. By the late 1800s, many more cities and communities observed Memorial Day and several states had declared it a legal holiday. And As a result, many cities and People have claimed to be the first to observe it. However, it was in 2022, the National Cemetery Administration, a Department of Veterans Affairs Divisions, created Mary Ann Williams with originating the idea of strewing the graves with flowers. And it was the World Wars that turned it into a day of remembrance for all members of the U.S. military who had fought and died in service. Now, two other days celebrate those who have served or are serving in the U.S. military. There is the Armed Forces Day, which is usually earlier in May. It's an unofficial U.S. holiday for honoring those currently serving in the Armed Forces and Veterans Day, celebrated now fixed on November 11th, which honors all those who have served in the United States Armed Forces. But it was in 1971 Memorial Day was declared a national holiday by Act of Congress, And though it is still often called Decoration Day, it was then also placed on the last Monday in May, as were some other federal holidays. In the Declaration of Independence, Jefferson notes three inalienable natural rights that are guaranteed, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But unfortunately, the nature of humanity is such that others will deny these rights. And I am a doctrinaire, small government conservative with two notable examples. I believe in a police force administered best by local polities and a national standing army under civilian control, I might hastily add. And this army does not exist for political experimentation or to make social points. It exists ultimately to destroy an enemy who wishes to deny the use of the rights elucidated above. And in this act of defense, sacrifices are and have been made. Two treasures of life cannot be renewed. Because of the bounty of this nation, we can make money, energy, food, and even drugs to prevent disease. But what none of these drugs can fix is that we will always be limited by time and age. The great statesman Henry Kissinger just celebrated his 100th birthday, but even his time will end at some point. But that is the standard of our mortality, and it is different when a young, robust, 23-year-old man dies by the murder of another human. And yet, without this sacrifice, there is no Kissinger, there is no relatively, Unknown podcaster writing his missives and speaking into his microphone, and no listener on the other end. I can recite what happens when invading armies overrun the lands of the conquered. I can tell you about Timur the Lame and what he did to Delhi, or Alexander in Tyre. There is Constantinople in the Fourth Crusade, or Hitler in Poland. There is Caesar in Gaul. Without those who provide their sacrifice, There is no peace for us. I have married, raised children, staffed jobs. I've known sadness and great joys. But I have not owned an army taking everything I have, everything my children have and will ever be. Here are a few names scattered from those one million who have made the ultimate sacrifice, that last measure of devotion, as Lincoln eloquently said. Lester Archer enlisted in the Army from Fort Edward, New York in December 1861 and was promoted to sergeant in June of 1864. He was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor on April sixth, eighteen 1865, near the end of the war, for his actions at the Battle of Fair Oaks and Darbytown Road. It was described as an act of gallantry in placing the colors of his regiment Atop the fort. From the Northwestern Law Site, Benjamin Wool was one of nine Northwestern law students who gave their lives serving in World War I. Wool trained with air service in Champaign, Illinois, and Egypt before his deployment to France. During his early days in Europe, Wool's squadron was tasked with readying the camps for the arrival of the rest of the troops. In a letter to the law school newsletter, he complained about the unexciting work, writing it off as interior decorating. In the same letter, he wrote excitedly about receiving his commission, understanding his life would be changing soon. He wrote, I have arrived at last. I am training at a French aviation school and my cup of joy is filled with overflowing. Bear in mind, please, that I enlisted in the aviation section and that I have waited long to fly. Will died in an airplane accident on October 2nd, 1918, only a few months after writing those notes. Here is a descriptor of the book entitled, Jack Toffee's War, written by his son. I see this book as the story my father never got to tell, John Toffee writes. And what a remarkable story it is that Lieutenant Colonel Jack Toffee never got to tell. In this moving account of a young man's journey to know a father who went to war in 1942 and never came back. John Toffee weaves memory, history, and his father's vivid letters home into a fascinating tale of family, a war, and the threads that connect him. Jack Toffee shipped to North Africa, fought the Vichy France in Morocco, then the Germans in Tunisia where he was wounded. In July 1943, he went back to war, leading an infantry battalion in the invasions of Sicily and southern Italy. And in January 1944, he landed his battalion at Anzio and was wounded again. After a long, bitter stalemate, Toffee's regiment led Mark W. Clark's push on Rome, and on June 4, 1944, Jack Toffee was killed in the hill town of Palestrina one day before the Allies marched into the Eternal City. On February 27, 1968, an RF-4C Phantom II, tail number 66-0431, with a crew of two, took off from Udorn Airbury's Thailand on a photo reconnaissance mission to target northeast of Khe South Vietnam. The aircraft failed to return to base, and a search effort was conducted over its flight path. But neither the aircraft nor its crew could be located. Following the end of hostilities, the remains of the aircraft's pilot were returned to U.S. custody and identified. However, the other crew member is still unaccounted for. The pilot of that craft was Captain Thomas Thawson Wright, who joined the U.S. Air Force from Indiana, was a 14th Tactical Reconnaissance Squadron member, and was the pilot aboard that Phantom. After his disappearance, he was promoted to colonel, and today Colonel Wright is memorialized on the courts of the missing at the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific. These men came from different states, different backgrounds. Lieutenant Colonel Toffee was white. Colonel Wright was black. But all are united under the same code and principle, sacrificing their lives so that others may live theirs. And here is the final line from the Gettysburg Address, that on this Memorial Day in 2023, we should remember and strive with our support of our current protectors, that none shall have, as Lincoln notes, died in vain, that we are here highly resolved that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people, shall not perish from the earth.